You're about to listen to episode two of Café con Science from Latino Labs. In Café con Science, the Latino Labs crew takes a coffee break from their research life and chat about articles or their life. And in the second episode, we thought it would be good to just talk about kind of ourselves, our life, what a week looks like as a researcher. And um, we hope you really like it. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play and uh, to check us out on Facebook slash Latino Labs or just latinolabs.org. And if you really want to support us, uh, go to patreon.com slash latinolabs. Thank you. All right, everyone, get close. Well, then, so, well, it's coffee break, right? Well, welcome, bienvenidos a Café con Science. Are we doing, no, we're doing this in English. Are sure. we? Okay. I can, what are you, like, the language Why would you? No, I don't know. <laughs> they can all be oh, in Spanish. I mean, I think, I yeah, think, I think. Maybe we should say hi, yeah. Hi, you know, this is Nico. I'm Gabo. I'm Andrea. And I'm Alina. And we're here for our coffee break. And um, cake break and banana break. Yeah. And... Yeah, they brought us snacks this time. Yeah, Just... like, our, our budget is increasing. This was, this was a whole dollar worth of foods. Okay. Amazing, <laughs> but... So, yeah, yeah. so today's Thursday, <laughs> so which means that, you know, the, the week, week is, is winding almost, down. It's finals. Almost over. It is the end of the semester, though. I think this is the last week of classes for the college kids. Yeah, everyone's tense and on edge, and I get, like, 20 emails from my oh, students. Yeah, because I'm teaching this semester, both intro chem and general chemistry, too. You're teaching both? I'm teaching both. And doing research? And doing research. Oh, and yeah, doing this podcast. And, and dancing in this company. <laughs> Got a show this Saturday. So I haven't gotten the invitation. <laughs> oh, okay, so I, I, I sent the invitation to Gobble. Gobble was supposed to send it to you. Thank you. That's my fault. We're, we're sharing an orange is what's happening. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, we kind of wanted to talk about ourselves a little bit since we don't do that. Usually, I mean, well, I mean, we do, but not like. Yeah, maybe about our lives. Not as personally. Yeah, so Alina, you teach and you do research at the same time. Yeah, and in my downtime, I do podcasts and uh, dance in a dance company. That's That's. I don't do anything else. What kind of dance is it? It's Brazilian dance, so like samba, the different types of samba, samba nope, samba jihora, samba reggae. I don't know what any distinction is there, but you yeah, have to go for to those the show. of you that you know, if you go to the show, you would know. There you go. That's true. At some point, I had we all had to do the teaching and research stuff. Maybe mm-hmm. not the samba dancing, but we, <laughs> what you got? Are you teaching this semester? No, I'm not. I I haven't had to teach yet. Um, At no, all? What? No, I. I <laughs> wow. I came in with some free money. Nice. No, there's no such thing as free money. You came with like a fellowship. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The money that was awarded to you. Yes. For okay. doing good things in the past yep. and hoping uh, that you'd you do good a things later. You proposed and they were like, yeah, sure. We'll it's like, it's it. It's more to uh, entice people working in solar physics to to come to oh, the astrophysics department. Oh, cool. So they're working. Um, the astrophysics department here is working with the National Solar Observatory. One of the telescopes. NSO uh, operates the DUN and a couple of, of other telescopes. I I don't know how much solar physics you still do. I don't. None. I don't. I used to, I used to do solar physics in my past before the PhD. In your past life. In my past, one of my past lives, yeah. But I work with stereo. Like yeah. So that's so like, like two satellites that look at the sun to have. Like, yeah, one oh. is slightly ahead of the Earth. One is slightly. Well, actually, they're just moving around the sun in opposite directions, which okay. gives you two eyes on the sun. And these super cool 3D images of the sun that we got now, we got. Well, not just because of stereo, but thanks to stereo uh, a lot. Awesome. So it allows you to look at the sun just like we look with our eyes and get some depth. 
like filling. So that's pretty. It's yeah, there have been a lot of recent like multi spacecraft missions that I think are super cool. Yeah. Ooh, like, what was the latest one? Test. So there, there was a launch recently. Yeah. I have a couple of friends and coworkers working on it. What is um, it? Okay, so for those Tess, of us who don't yeah. deal with solar things, what's what, please? Tess is not a solar at? thing. Not a solar thing, right? What is it's Tess? um transiting exoplanet satellite something or something satellite. <laughs> what are they? What are they looking at though? All of the all of these things. Because so Soho know. Soho looks at the sun. But what um, what about the sun though? Like what's what's uh, the? Soho has like uh, several instruments on it, but it, it looks, looks a lot the corona. Okay. Right? So, like, it basically has all these instruments that would block the sun. Block yeah. the, the, the brightest oh, part, so you're, okay. like, more sensitive to the uh, other layers of it. Right. The and then they also look at the sun in different wavelengths and stuff. And Soho sits always between the Earth and the sun. It's at the Lagrangian point one. Oh. Does it... Oh, it always sits Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, it's at L1, so the first Lagrangian point, which is always between the Earth and the sun. Oh, that's What's so What's L1? So I don't know any of these so things. So the Lagrangian point, so those are gravitational things when you have okay. two bodies in... Orbit around each other. Yeah, whatever, yeah. So there are certain points that if you put an object there, it will always stay in the same position with respect to the other two. So oh. Lagrangian point one is between body one and body two. So oh. that's where it is. So it's always between the Earth and the Sun. Uh, Lagrangian point two, I guess, is on the other side. Um, L2, yeah, is on, on the other and side of the earth. And there's three and four, which are really hard to put things onto, which are slightly ahead, slightly, slightly behind. And these don't run into, like, other things that just crash them? Or, I, don't I mean, know. they might. This is, oh, this okay. is, this is, this is in, <laughs> yeah. in, in the idea of two-body problems. So you only okay. have two bodies and you want to put a third one. Okay. Um, a, a tiny third one. Yeah, it has so. to be tiny because if not, then... Uh, things happen. That's cool. uh, well, I don't know what we're talking about, like Lagrangian points. But uh, I don't know. The, uh, study, stu stu <laughs> the study of the sun is really cool. It's actually very new-ish in terms of like technological development. So like before, I would say the 60s and 70s, there yeah. were not many ways to look at the sun. So mm. the way the things we knew about the sun was like sunspots. Yeah, sunspots. We always look at it in 2D, right? Because mm. we only had one point of view. Right. And then uh, it was only until like the 80s and stuff that. That, that things have happened. And then there's still no really good instrument to look directly at the sun because it's like, it will burn all your optics. <laughs> yeah. That makes but they sense. were developing a telescope, right? Yeah, the, the Dunn Solar Telescope. Actually, some something really, really interesting, the or the DKIS, the Daniel K. Inouye Solar Telescope is a big four meter reflective dish that focus, focuses all of the light, all of the sun's light into a single that point. Is, that is crazy <laughs> because if you think about it, what you, Maybe some of you have, or like I have, burned things with a, with a magnifying, magnifying glass. Yeah. Yes. So this is the same thing, but with a four-meter magnifying glass and focusing all on like light. 15 feet. A piece of electronics, and then what do you think happens to the piece of electronics? It just <laughs> obliterates. Well, apparently, <laughs> no, well, no. They were worth <laughs> no, but this was not possible like 10 years ago. I'm yeah. I'm sure, 15 yeah. years ago. So they 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 have really long optical chains. Um, I don't know a lot about it either, but I know that one of the main problems for for the building is to keep everything cool. Yeah. And what the the solution ends up being that they have to have an ice maker, like a shed, outside of the building that makes ice, and then they like rush it into the building as the as the day goes by. And so that's um, crazy. So the, this telescope could like in theory look um, look at stars at night, but Aside from the fact that it would like violate some agreements, um, the ice maker would like 
make the the wind all wavy and turbulent, and so it would blur all the images that you could make. So you don't the, the day. Yeah. ice is so there's so much ice and it's so cold that you can't look at dim things. What? Like, no, no, no. So like the the making the ice produces so much heat oh, that it like okay. it makes the air all wavy. So you know, like on a hot day, you'll see yeah, like yeah. ripples. Oh, where yeah. is this? This wow. is in Hawaii. Hawaii. That's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> ice things are cool. Ice just reminds me random since this is random story yeah. time, right? Random story time. So the the more uh, the largest I guess in capacity dam in the world, right, is the Iguazu Falls one. Uh, well, the one that is close to Iguazu. Um, oh. So the dam, how's it called? The uh, I don't Itaipu, and it produces twenty percent of the energy of Brazil and one hundred percent of the energy of Paraguay. In like a single, it's all hydraulic energy. Wow. So Paraguay is entirely on. Yeah, that all, on water, on that one from that site. And 20% of <laughs> Brazil. All, all, all of it, yeah. yeah. It all comes from there. What? <laughs> yeah, isn't that... Iguazu is massive. It, it yeah. is massive. So even the three uh, gorge water from the Yellow River in China, wow. the new one, it is larger in like area, but it is not as powerful because the, the river comes already with a lot of current there. Um, wow. So that one is really cool. If you ever have the chance to... Go to Iguazu Falls, make sure you take the detour and go see the dam. And then sometimes that when I was the there, we were at a, geo, um, at a geophysics conference because mm-hmm. of the sun, so then I got a tour of the inside. So cool. Nice. But one of the cool stories about it was like because they needed to build this dam, you need to build a really high quality cement. And one of the problems is that it's very hot over there. So then when trying to mix the cement, they're getting a lot of impurities because it's so warm. Oh. So they had to build what became for the last the four years of the constructions or whatever, it was the largest ice-making factory in the, all the Americas. That's amazing. So they, they could mix the cement with ice directly. <laughs> That's incredible. So they could make the dam. So funny stories wow. about, about ice, ice factories. Stuff no. that seems crazy, but if it works. Yeah, and then once, like, the, once the construction was over, then the ice factory was dismantled. I'm just I like, can't get a, a, like a handle on scope of things that aren't small scale, yeah. like industrial things. That's just too much stuff. It doesn't it doesn't register to me anymore. I mean, like when you're working with like nanoparticles, right? Yeah, <laughs> which, which both of us do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, you're talking about like not even tons. But, but what, how, what is what? Like well, how many you, nanoparticles yeah. do you make in a batch? Does I don't make mean, them. Like it's like I can make one and it fits in a milliliter. Yeah, <laughs> like which yeah, but I mean, it. I guess like if you're counting the individual nanoparticles, you'd still get oh. like a large exponent. You get like millions, right? That, that's yeah, that's very few. Yeah. If I made millions, I would like it'd not be worth it. But anyway, <laughs> speaking of large scale, right? <laughs> right, but it's like counting individual grains of sand. Like that's just <laughs> what smaller than sand. <laughs> so I don't know the scale. I think the scale is more striking when it's something macroscopic it's and a lot than you. of it. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Like, well, is is sand? Nanoparticles. Yeah. Well, they're but like, like, not, they're like micro, 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 like micro yeah. crystals, right? Nanoparticles micro. are much smaller. Yeah. Nano are, you know, by like the prefix, it's nanometer mm, scale. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like, you you can you can make nanoparticles of what is salt mostly like. Uh, sorry, what is sand mostly like? Silicon dioxide. Which. It's like amorphous, right? Well, well, I guess once you, you get can, small you enough. You can make, yeah, sure, you can make a crystal whatever size you want. You, you just have glass. to make a reasonable synthesis for it. Um, actually, like, crystal size stuff is, it's not all that hard to, it's hard to make it uniform. 
<laughs> but um, yeah. if you just want small particles, it's like it's not that bad. You just cut off the synthesis and you're like, okay, stop growing. It's over. Yeah. Wait, wait, okay, so, so, so since we're in the podcast thing, do you want to talk about your week? So like, yes, I guess oh, yeah. let's talk about a week. Like it's Thursday. What you do this week? Let's go around. I had a bunch of tours. Um, there were some, there were actually two very, very different tours. On Tuesday, a tour of high school students who, so uh, Jilla, where we are, has an outreach thing where they like go to local schools and try to get kids to like science, especially physics. And anyway, um, at the end of the semester, all the students come by and like get to tour Jilla and a few labs. And some high schoolers toured on Tuesday, which was really neat. They had lots of, lots of questions. And then yesterday, we had like a, a review panel from like the NRC, <laughs> and so it was just like, so you know, the, the National Research Council. Do you have some funding from them? I don't actually know the specifics yeah. of anything, but it was a few different, it, like several different groups got toured over two days. Yeah, so, so, so those would be professors lot. from other places. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. volunteer to be in this panel to judge you. Right? Uh huh. So this Essentially. is a judging panel. Right. So, <laughs> so it was. It went from you know like 15 year olds who basically were like, "Did you like college or no?" <laughs> to you know these high grade professors who are like, "Should you ever continue science?" But that's a special event. No. Well, yeah. Those are yeah. You're I mean, not a professional guy to a guy. No, no. Although at this point, I have <laughs> one for for like middle schoolers and high schoolers down. Like yeah. that is just autopilot by now. Yeah. Like how do you like simplify things so these kids could. Our lab is nice because it's very visual. So a lot of the time when people work with lasers around here, since Jill has like seven lasers per square foot, more or less, um, the things that they're looking at don't have visible properties that are nice. So a lot of it's like infrared or UV or whatever, just not something that you can show people. But everything in our lab is visible, which is really nice. So all the dyes... Um, absorb and emit in the visible range. There are like gold and other metal nanoparticles that you can just see the colors by eye. So it's like, it's a little more relatable for that. It's, I don't have to show them something clear and be like, I promise this is interesting. <laughs> they can see it. I can be like, look, here are seven different sizes of gold nanoparticle and they're all a different color and it's size related, but you can see it. So we we have that going for us and then you know, cool. <laughs> kids just like lasers too, and like we have a bunch of different colors of laser. One of our like lab mates, <laughs> one of our lab mates has like a t fully like tunable one, like four hundred through seven hundred. Nopa. Do you have a Nopa? Nopa? An OPA or something? I don't remember, but yeah, <laughs> I just I don't work oh, yeah, with it. Yeah. What about you? What was what's your week like? Well, my week. Well, this is the last week of classes, so oh, right, I'm getting so you know every anxious student ever um, emailing me, um, which is okay. I, I expected this is like it's semester typical. number yeah, 200 of like <laughs> um, uh, doing some sort of teaching and uh, finishing up grading. I've also been rehearsing for the show that I have on Saturday, um, doing a lot of that, which is nice because it gives me some time to think about something else. I'm also working on making an interferometer. What? An interferometer. And an interferometer. I'm so I'm making these retroreflector mirrors. The what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I've been working on these retroreflector mirrors for quite a while, and I finally have some successful retroreflector mirrors. And what the great thing about these mirrors is that um, you can think of them as a multi-walled mirror, 
where the light, laser light will come to one of the sides of that mirror and reflect onto the other and come it's back like to where... It's like a little corner. Yeah, it's like a corner. It's that like a corner mirrored, of mirrors. Yeah, corner. but it, it's like, it has, to be in, it has to be exactly 90 degrees in order for this to work. And that's apparently really hard to do. <laughs> how clo- Wait, how, how close do you have to be? Like, how many arc seconds or... It's like, I would have to be... Um, and then just so the whole point of the mirrors is that the laser light will come with a certain pointing from a certain direction. And these, these mirrors have the property that it will bounce around and then go back parallel to the beam that came in. Yes. And that allows me to, if I put that mirror onto a translation stage, I can change the distance in which the laser light travels, particularly in pulsed form, if the laser is in pulsed form, and therefore I can change the time in which a pulse arrives at a particular site. Yeah. I feel like I'm in a Star Trek episode. Well, the thing, <laughs> so the thing is, like, yeah, yeah, because you, you're, you're able to, like, change, you know, this is basically, you would think that you can just put one mirror, right, and bounce yeah. your laser. But it you, turns out that's even harder to align. That has to be, like, really, really perfect. Plus, it's coming from the same thing, yeah. so how would you, how would you, you catch it? Yeah. So this thing allows you to... To, to, to kind of, it will come from the left, let's say, bounce back and comes a little bit to the right, but it will be parallel. So yeah. when you move the mirror back and forth, yeah, it doesn't change, but it changes the distance the light travels. Yeah, and hopefully not the angle. So it takes, <laughs> it, takes, it takes longer to go through something and then it allows you to like manipulate. It's, yeah, that my, all my PhD was based on that. So <laughs> that's what we call palm fruit spectroscopy. It's yeah. Based on that. So you've been working on that. You've been working on these mirrors for a few a while, years, right? Yeah. Well, not a few years, but yeah, in the order of about a year on and off. Like, it depends on when I would get my all the things that I need, all my materials that I need to create it. Um, everything takes, like, six weeks for it to finally arrive. And so... It's and like sometimes if you want to try something new that you'll, you'll have to, like order Plan. new parts yeah, and, and then yeah. wait like two months and then finally i can work on it but depending on the amount of material that i buy yeah. i might run out and then all of a sudden i have to order more and wait another two months so it's not like a whole year of continuous work it's more of if you were to condense it it'll be within like three or four months <laughs> i was trying to look for a proper wikipedia article on pulses and like it's hard it's just it's hard to find like what is a pulse a, a pulse what do you mean, like in a, from a laser? Like, a pulse? like what is a have pulse you, of have light? Have you played with that? There's a FET simulation, P-H-E-T. Yeah, but I mean, like, if someone hears the word light pulse and they were to try to search it, like, where on the know. internet think, can they find... I think it's maybe, like, more simple than that, like, if you, you're just imagining turning a flashlight on and off. That's a pulse, right? Yeah. Each time it's but on, it's a pulse, and then you no can Wikipedia just... article? No way. There has to... Well, I mean, well, but I mean, pulse is, like, not not... I don't ultra, know. I don't think it's that complicated of a term. When I do talk to professors, they tell like, "Oh, you should think of pulses in the, you know, in the scope of the uncertainty principle." All right, but you know, right. nah, it's just like, nah. you don't have to go now, right? <laughs> yeah. There is a small article on two-dimensional infrared spectroscopy, um, to to DIR, but yeah, it also looks pretty pretty dense. Yeah, it's just like, how do I simplify this? Um. But yeah, oh, now that you have your mouthful, how was your week? <laughs> Gabble. <laughs> I found some free cake and I brought it to a, <laughs> a right, coffee oh, break. Yeah, free food. I might do just that. The I'm going to take this piece. Best part of being in grad school is getting all the free food. Getting from all, all the tips for getting the free food. Yeah. Because grad students don't get paid a lot, so they need to learn how to find food. We need to learn how to forage. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. 
Yeah, that's it's so bad. I don't know. We don't live in LA or anything. It could be worse. It could be worse. We could also not be in STEM and be in humanity anymore. That's true, and then they wouldn't pay us at all. Yeah, it'd be nice if there's a grad grad student. student Well, there are certain certain universities that pay all PhD students the same, regardless. Which is great. I think that's how it should do. Because then it creates a good community where like people have like you know they'll just talk to each other. There's no weird power structure. Yeah, and it overlaps a lot. Like we have Atlas here, which is like a weird collaborative arts and science thing. Yeah, it's okay. It has. I've gone, I know a few people there. Yeah, like Simone. It's like Simone is an Apple Speed person. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's good. They have a, anyway, they also have their own complaints. I'm sure they do. But what I mean is, like, there's enough overlap in anything that yeah. there's no reason to not pay everyone. <laughs> and then, like, also there's no, like, even the PhDs in physics, like in my committee, I have people from engineering and chemistry because everything yeah. you do will be interdisciplinary. Yeah, I believe um, the chemistry department here expects you to teach at least a year. It's required. It's, it's part required, of your acceptance. Yeah. You teach a year, teach no matter what. Um, and then after that, it depends on the funding situation yeah. of this research group you've joined. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah, different different departments. Mm-hmm. Physics, I think, about three quarters of the people end up teaching at least a year. Some people end up never teaching, and that's not great for their careers, but it's not <laughs> mandatory. They get to choose, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, especially if they're trying to get go into becoming a professor, that it, it's very important for you to have that experience. But often the department will like emphasize, overemphasize the research. Uh, yeah, yeah, professors especially because they need results, right? Right. Not, and they're good professors. But, yeah. but that is, that's how they get funding. Right. Yeah, <laughs> by, yeah, by having something to show for it. So, yeah, some people don't teach um, that, that is heard of. My week was, I was sick, but I still went to a conference, so I was like, you know, we have the overall, like, experience of, like, science, you know. What kind of conference? Dancing, ordering, and stuff. Uh, It was an interesting conference because it was on this new kind of up-and-coming technique called area selective deposition. Area selective deposition. Ooh, what is that? So, uh, this is where... um, it's kind of it comes from chemistry, and the idea is that when you have a surface of a material that has different, uh, let's say, two different materials on it, let's say copper and silicon, and then you only want to fabricate, you know, a layer of 20 atoms of tantalum on the copper or whatever. Then What's tantalum. That's metal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then uh, this technique allows you to just um, by uh, basically having different recipes where you mix different chemicals with others, kind of like alchemy. Well, I guess like a chemistry. Then uh, <laughs> like chemistry. it allows you to selectively grow the tantalum on the surface you want. Do you block the other parts or is it just making it? So during the conference, there's three different approaches, right? Either you block the other one, so okay. you cannot receive the atoms, you just enhance the recipients of the other ones, or you take advantage of already natural like selections. Okay. Um, and so this up-and-coming technique is up-and-coming because the semiconductor industry, so the microelectronics industry, is very interested in this. Because if they could do this, instead of having to print with lasers, the printing, their, their, their microelectronics, then it will make their life easier and like a thousand times more cheaper. So yeah. a thousand times cheaper. Because right now what they have to do is they have to uh, print with a laser basically layer by layer with also recipes and stuff. And one of the problems they have is what they call alignment. So they print a cable, right? And they want to print the next layer on top. But then if the things move a little bit, then the cables might not be overlapping. And that's a problem because then your thing doesn't work. 
yeah. right? So this allows itself aligning in the sense that because it has to grow there, yeah. then it's already mm -hmm. on top. So I was there um, kind of as an, uh, I, I was invited to participate in this panel from the academia perspective. So representing Strobe, uh, who's developing new techniques in imaging on, they're having trouble um, kind of looking at what they fabricate because these things are so small and they happen so um, kind of at the atomic scale that there's no existing measuring techniques that, mm. that allow them to characterize real time, mm. what they call in situ metrology. That's just really like being able to take a picture real time. And so, <laughs> um, so I was there to kind of have conversations with everybody. It was an interesting conference, about 150 people and yeah. about more half of them from like Intel, Micron, right. Simer, uh, no, Simer wasn't there. Industry actually. in general. IMEC, IBM, they're all there because they all want to. They want. They all want scientists to figure out what to do so they can then just like do it. Make tons of money. And it's still, it's still, well, it's still risk. Like nobody knows what direction to do. Like industry doesn't like to invest. I mean, it's hard to invest in research when it's so uncertain. They will invest yeah. a little bit, and some of the professors there had grants from industry to do their work. Uh, but they need academics to try different things until somebody finds something that works best. That's clearly better than the others. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, that was that was kind of my week. Um, yeah, your week was so you just cake. Right? Yeah, mostly cake. <laughs> what a good week. Uh, no, I uh, I'm still taking classes, um, and so I'm oh. finishing those up. Yeah, I had a presentation for a final presentation for one of my Ooh, classes. Final presentation. Ooh. That was actually an interesting class. It's a collaboration with a couple of other uh, institutions from uh, started by the by the National Solar Observatory, actually the NSO. Um, so we're like teleconning with other classes in Hawaii and Montana and New Mexico State University, and like kind of sharing our lectures and and stuff like that. So that was an interesting experience. Um, needs some it needs some workshopping, but it's Need some work, yeah. Being able to have productive at distance yeah. uh, lectures is hard. We ran into the same problems, but we were gonna buy microphones. Yeah, I mean, I've been to lectures with Strobe where it was like multi-campus. It's always multi-campus. Yeah. So Strobe presentations are always like broadcasted at at least four or six campuses. So we, mm. well, yeah. Then it turns out, um, we made a decision and I'm buying microphones and speakers for all the campuses. Yeah. Because I'm tired. People keep on complaining the quality is not very good and some speakers speak loudly. So no, no, no. We just want you just want to be able to the sound shouldn't be a problem. Like we know how to do sound. Like a microphone costs like thirty dollars. We're in a center that spends like a few amounts of dollars a year should be able to buy some microphone. But it's good. All right, I think that's enough rambling for the day. Yeah. yeah. All right, it was good seeing everyone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Signing yeah. off, I'm Gabo. I'm Alina. I'm Andrea. And I'm Nico. And the coffee is over. And I'll uh, yeah, see I'm you. In, well, I guess. I think too. Here, no, I'll talk to you next week. Literally, Gab right? Yeah. Yeah. Gabo, I'm eating your cake. Yeah, have a piece. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>